Welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. This week we've got Jeremy Riggs. I'm really excited to talk about. He, he's a coach over in Maui. He, um, he uh, king of the Maliko run. He, he has coached so many people and I've had the pleasure of being in a, a two-man canoe with, with Jeremy steering and, and I was the, the engine and he was the, the finesse and we had a really, probably one of the most fun downwind runs I've ever had. Um, Jeremy's just posted some really cool videos on um, how to paddle up in the flat water, which we're going to get into. Um, but yeah, Jeremy, um, I, I know your story and, and sort of how you got into downwinding, but do you want to share how you got into, like, I guess, downwind paddling to start with and how that evolved into the foiling? Yeah, well, thanks for the introduction, James. It's been, it's been an awesome journey just being here in the beginning of south downwind paddling and now being here at the beginning of the foil downwind paddling. Uh, <laughs> my first run on the foil, I actually had a board that was brought here from Australia and it was a 10-6 club board for oh, prone paddling and knee paddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, after a few sessions, like, you know, trying to figure it out in the surf, I didn't have a board and didn't have a foil. So I really wanted to try it before I bought stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I just would go down to where the guys are foiling and see who was coming in and if I had an opportunity to try their stuff. And <laughs> Mark Rapworth let me try his. So I was learning how to ride waves first, you know, and yeah. that's how I learned how to foil, um, was on waves. And it was pretty frightening for the first few rides. Yeah, and my main goal was just to learn to foil, just good enough to go out on a downwind run because that's really what I love. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got confident enough on the waves to go out and try a downwind run. And I put a had a box put in a into that ten six club board, and I could stand on it. Because the wing mm -hmm. gave it extra stability, you know, it's yeah. 10, six, it's 20 inches wide. But I think the box was 20 inches from the tail. Along my back, yeah. You know, it's, there's a lot of board out in front of that mast. And I was able to get glides without lifting. So I was getting speed more than we do now with the shorter boards. Yeah. But, you know, once I got lifted, everything just went crazy. And, and I thought, you know, this is sort of like bull riding. And yeah. Yeah. I was hoping if, if I could stay on for eight seconds, I, that's a win. And <laughs> I don't think I made it on that first run to yeah. eight seconds of yeah. boiling. So I got up a few times, but yeah. And, and you, were stand up, you were stand up paddling on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was standing on it. Um, after that, I got a box put into my uh, stand-up surfboard, and that's an 8.7, and it was 25 inches wide. So it had stability and some length, and I started getting the hang of it a little bit, popping that thing up and going and thinking, this, oh, this is it, you know, this is awesome, you know, I'm starting to get some really long runs, but it wasn't going the whole way without touching down and restarting mm -hmm. so uh 
uh, Alan Cadiz told me, man, you, you got to get a smaller board. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, you know, I got another board. Was, the next one was six, eight. And uh, it's Buzzy Kerbox's board. Uh, not Buzzy, but <laughs> no. Cody Kerbox. Oh, Cody, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was his old board. And uh, it was great, man. It made a huge difference. Uh, smaller board. But, you know, the thing was, uh, the mass was pretty far in front of the tail. And the tail would keep hitting the back. So uh, I just chopped the tail off of it. And now there's only like six inches behind the mass. Yeah. And I thought, all right, this is great. I um, started using that one quite a bit. And then it went on to uh, shorter boards and more volume and thicker boards, which helped with the pop-up mm-hmm. and uh, made that a little bit easier. But I almost, you know, kind of went too short, I think five, four. Yeah. And it made it a little bit harder. And I was just like, you know, I want it to be easy. Yeah. And I, I tried uh, the board I'm on now, which is a six, two. And uh, man, I fell in love with that board right away. Yeah. It was like, wow. I think this board is it's just incredible because it's narrow and it's got some length and it's got the thickness. And, you know, in Kihei, we have little small chops and they're the board. I was sitting down on the board paddling out and I get little glides in those small chops. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you would on a stand up or a cut yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be really nice. And sure enough, man, it's just made a big difference in the, the, confidence i have now knowing that i can go out and i can wipe out anywhere and as long as i don't get injured i can pop back up and get going again yeah yeah that's yeah that's really good insight jeremy like the the progression from i guess the 10 six down all the way to five four and then back up which i think is what a lot of people have done on on all foil boards whether it be you know sup or prone um i, I know i went down to three ten on a prone board and then um i think i went down to 510 on my sup for downwind and i've I've gone back up to six foot and it seems to be uh, to me it's the magic length because it doesn't feel stupid long but it's enough glide that you can you can get up you know as you said pretty much anywhere um it is worth mentioning jeremy is a really good stand-up paddler um he originally, he originally, when I first started stand paddling, he was the man. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I ever got a lesson of you. I wish I had, because um, it would have speed up my learning curve so much quicker. Um, but well, yours was board, Yeah, longboard background um, and really Mr. Finesse. Like he's all about gliding and um, not over muscling or overpowering, but putting the board in the right spot and, and gliding and your footwork is probably second to none because of your longboard background. Um, yeah, I started out, man, I really wanted to learn how to nose ride. So before stand-up was happening, I started getting on longboards and playing around with that. And that's then once, uh, once I started doing the downwind runs on the stand-up, I've got a much longer board and a lot more room to move around. And yeah. it's very similar. And you try and trim the board out and just put it in the right spot so you can get these glides and keep it going with, you know, 
least amount of strokes. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, and, that's the uh, goal for everyone. And some people get a bit sort of caught into trying to go faster by paddling more. And I think it's yeah. all, and now with foiling, it's pumping more. It's the same thing. I'd, I'd love to do a downwind run with you now because when I was over there last, you weren't quite downwinding, I don't think. Um, or if you were, no. you were just at the beginning. But I, I, I'd imagine you foiling from Maliko to Kahului and, and not pumping the whole way. I can just imagine you just gliding between everything. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels that way, but then you feel like, you know, you make one little mistake and you, you know, especially if we're putting the paddles on our back and you're strapping them up, you know, and just flying now, you've really got to be on your game because you make a mistake and it's just like panic pumping. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to save it. <laughs> yeah. I take the paddle back off use it again yeah yeah you don't want to you don't want to resort to it because it's yeah it's it's a nice backup but yeah if you don't when it's on your back just focus on the glide and that's i think yeah, yeah. Really, really cool cool way yeah, to get great, it out of the yeah. way but when i'm trying like I, i've i realize now that when i'm trying something new might as well just keep the paddle in my hand because there's going to be a mistake here or there <laughs> yeah for sure um i also want to talk about and just quickly um before you were longboarding and the reason you originally moved to, to Maui was because of bodyboarding, right? You were, a, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were, a, um, aspiring pro bodyboarder that. Well, I mean, it was growing up in North Carolina and Wilmington. Um, we have waves, but they're really right on the shore half the time. So it's a lot of shore break and mm -hmm. fast, fast running waves and close out sections. So, you know, it's just all about getting as many barrels as I could as a kid and really couldn't get my hands on a surfboard as a kid. So just stuck with the bodyboard and drop knee and, you know, prone and airs and stuff like that. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, thought I was doing all right for, um, from the guys that I was out in the water with, you know, thought maybe all right, if I'm, can get out to Hawaii and try to do some some of the things that you know Mike Stewart, Kaino McGee, and all these really hard heavy hitters yeah. are doing. Um, that would be fun. Mm. But I got out here and uh, you know the waves kind of punched me in in the <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like 10, 11 year old kids doing flips and stuff that you know and dropping in on waves that I'm I'm not experienced with, and it was a uh, it was humbling, you know, I was just like, wow, this is, this is heavier than I ever imagined, imagined it would be. Yeah. And, and then now, you know, I still like, I see some of those videos of those guys and what they are still doing. And it's just mind blowing. Like big time. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mike Stewart, you know, uh, with his, uh, body surfing, you know, yeah. not only bodyboarding, but he's body surfing and it's unreal so fun to watch awesome to watch yeah but you know i would go out in big waves and and i'd take these late drops and land on my stomach and just about wrench my back and i'm thinking i'm saying for me <laughs> and that's when i, I got a lot of people have board. felt that they thought they were going okay then they came to hawaii and they realized well maybe i'm not quite ready you know that's yeah. probably a <laughs> common thing hawaii is going to kick you when you're when you think you're at the top, they just kick you back down to the bottom. That's um... yeah, yeah. So you know, I was just like, all right, yeah. And you know, there was only like, uh, you can hardly get 
any kind of real bodyboarding action with barrels and stuff in the summertime here on Maui. So it's more like, you know, we don't get that many <coughs> swells. We get a lot of wind. Um, I was considering possibly moving to another island, Oahu or Kauai for more waves hmm. and less wind. But uh, then I got into paddleboarding, prone paddleboarding. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I have a wind sport. <clears throat> and it was just, uh, it's just so addicting because mm. you go out your first time and it's not a whole lot of gliding. <laughs> a lot of paddling. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of paddling and just going as hard as you can. And uh, until you slow it down and realize, oh, you know, it's a timing thing. Mm. Then <clears throat> definitely you have to pick up on little pieces. And, and then each time you go, you, you pick up on something else. So there's, this learning curve that keeps you motivated. Oh, big um, time. Yeah. So I did that. I started that in 2000 and I did that for about four years. And my goal was to, uh, to do a Molokai to Oahu on the prone paddleboard. Started seeing Dave and uh, Kalama and Laird Hamilton on these standup boards. And um, I run into them in the coffee shop and different places and uh, well, Laird, I'd see in the coffee shop. I never saw Dave. I don't think he does coffee. He's just <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'd ask him about the downwinding and with the stand-up. And they're like, yeah, you know, you, you've got to try it. It's a lot of fun. So Dave would let me borrow his board if he'd go on a trip, you know, and yeah. be out of town. Oh, okay, cool. And uh, man, it just, it just kind of blew my plan up for doing molokai to oahu on the prone because yeah this is so much fun you know yeah now i'm learning something else um so i started doing stand-up with the group of guys that were doing it early here on maui and and then i ended up doing my first molokai to oahu on a stand-up yeah 2007 i think i think you'd be pretty happy doing it on a stand-up versus prone I, I personally when i see the prone guys they're like oh it must be so hard standing up and whenever i see well, i think the opposite i'm like man all the rashes they get all the yeah. water in the face like it's yeah it's um seems a little bit nicer standing up as long as the wind is strong behind you <laughs> yeah you know and the power of the blade of the paddle is yeah significantly like larger than just your hands and yeah unless you dive <laughs> yeah. and you've got the hand paddles <laughs> yeah those hand paddles man they're they make a big difference i try to you know secretly try popping up prone on the downwind bumps and it it was a no-go yeah and i realized why dave uses those hand paddles extra when extra he power. does try and you know i tried them in the surf one time and it just made a huge difference mm. so yeah there's definitely potential um for prone paddling and not not needing you know downwinding and not needing a wave to chip in just on ocean bumps yeah i think yeah. you're right and that's that's one thing i want to touch on and that's one of the reasons i brought up your bodyboarding background is um matt costa who was on Two weeks ago, he's he's just released a video on Instagram of him at Hood River, um, boogie foiling, 
onto a bump and standing up hey. with these flippers. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, I don't know if I, if I have that kind of flexibility these days. Yeah. You know, to bring that front foot up and have it high enough to not catch the flipper. Yeah. But yeah, also, you know, I think, you know, he, I've been talking to him about it a fair bit and he's, he, you know, so I'm doing it, I'm doing it. He was saying, and I'm like, okay, let's see it. I want to see the video. Like, I'd love to see the conditions you're in and, and the, the um, equipment you're using and this and that. And he, that he posted that video, which is unreal. It's awesome. But, and a little celebration at the end um, was <laughs> classic. Um, but it didn't look that, like, it didn't look like, every, it didn't look that easy. You know, he was kicking pretty hard. He was paddling super hard. He was scratching. And it yeah, wasn't like, yeah. you couldn't do that. And it was a pretty decent bump. Like, it was Hood River. It looks like it was, you know, decent. Not, not the best conditions, but it was a standing wave kind of setup. Um, it didn't look easy, I guess, is my point. It did not look easy. And, you know, I do know that the guys that visit Hood River from Maui have an easier time popping up. So, you know, it's Kihei's easier than Maliko when it comes to that. Yeah. And so I, if, you know, if I were to try that, I don't think I would have much success. It, I mean, maybe I would get going, but you know, I think I'd have a lot better chance to go to Kihei mm. and try it over there because the bumps yeah. are a little tighter. So you yeah, you got a little bit steeper mm. curves. Yeah, you got and, the, uh, the steeper trough. You can get yeah down into it a bit easier, and yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. So you know, I would be curious to know how it would go for him out here. Yeah, know? on a Malika run. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. my feeling, and that's you know obviously. I think everyone's got a pair of flippers somewhere in their house. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to give it a try um, and sort of see myself how it is. Um, but yeah, but it's, what was the it's, board? He was on a four-foot board. It was like a square. Uh, it's just his prone foil board, I think. it's. Um, I'm not sure. We have to find out how many litres, but it, it's not a massive board. Um, Basically, it was just standard prone. I'd, I'd imagine around 30 litres. He said four foot. He actually was using a longer one. He said a shorter one's better because he can sort of hold on yeah. to the front and push down with it, which right. is interesting. Whereas, you know, if you're, you know, prone, yeah, you know, Dave and Tomo and the guys that are prone paddling with the hand paddles are using basically their stand-ups um, to, to get in because that extra length and volume helps. Yeah, well, with the with the paddles on your hands, you can kind of get your speed if you want to go prone, but then if your board will allow you to get onto your knees, then from your knees, you can get the board to bounce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that helps a lot. I think knee paddling is probably going to be the, the, the way I go for yeah. uh, when I, when I do try eventually, but yeah. I, my downwind runs are like, you know so scattered uh, i don't go as often as i used to with uh all the driving the kids around and all that yeah stuff so uh i just want to know that <laughs> i'm yeah. going to be well that's, 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 pick up the kids. 
that's what I was just going to get going to get to because we both have a stand-up paddle background it, it, to me it kind of makes sense that we just do it on a stand-up especially if we're going to use a board that's pretty pretty small already you know um yeah like you mentioned earlier that the extra torque you can generate with a paddle and speed and the fact you're already on your feet you can you know stand up and pump um right uh, you know, actually, it's good, probably a good segue to go into your flat water paddle pumping um, to, to get started in at the harbour. Um, I, I, I can't imagine anyone prone paddling up in flat water or, or boogie foil paddling up in flat water like, like you are in the flat at Kahului. Yeah, I, I tried. I tried the knee paddling, but I didn't have the hand paddles and it didn't look like I, was, I had a chance. Yeah, to knee paddle flat water. <laughs> I didn't. I tried a couple of times. It just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. So yeah, um, maybe uh, you know I'll try again with the hand paddles. But then you know it's, it's just the harder it is to pop up, the bigger the wing you need. And and now we're popping up on such small wings that if we want to go try a prone run, I'm going to need to put on a bigger wing. Yeah, to, yeah, to help me get lifted. But I might Which, not want that wing exactly. if it's a big day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's kind of my thoughts too. If I feel like the paddle is because you're standing up already and you've got the paddle with that extra power, by standing you can generate that that pumping motion. And yeah. I um, with the with the paddle and and you talked about the scoop. So do you wanna? I, I can't find the video right now. I'm, I'm going to bring it up and I'll post it. Um, I'll overlay it as you talk about it. Um, but you're going to talk us through the, the scoot that you, you posted on, or Alex posted on YouTube and it was awesome. A lot of guys I coach were, were asking me about it. Um, well, it's, uh, that's kind of happening uh, at the exit just as I'm taking the paddle out of the water, mm -hmm. I've loaded up pressure on the board at, when it's level. And now my paddle's coming out of the water and I want to just jump up and forward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm just kind of putting the, uh, I guess I'm pulling the board with the ball of my foot on the back foot. Mm -hmm. up into the air i'm trying to keep that attached yeah. and once i spring forward and up then i'm on my toes yeah and once i have the board level like this i'm well the board's like this on my way up after i've made that jump and i've turned my uh heel forward yeah you know like with that um counterclockwise motion kind of straight up almost yeah, the heel pops the board up, and then when the board starts to come down, uh, my paddle should be touching the water mm -hmm. at that point, so I can get a little bit of weight on it. And as the board comes down, I squat to keep weight off the board so that it floats longer. Mm -hmm. So here's the pop, and then the float, and I'm squatting again. The paddle's in the water as the board's coming down. And when the board's down here, the paddle's already past vertical. Mm -hmm. And it's ready, ready to give it that front foot scoop and back foot pop. Yeah. Again. Yeah. 
that, that's something I guess that I look. I actually had a look at your video and I did a little call with the guys I coach and and the scoot and the movement you're doing on land is it's a little bit different to what you're doing when you're actually doing it because it's it's impossible to do what you're doing on land even with a skimboard and a paddle because the the buoyancy factor you know pushing like you said then pushing with your back foot and getting that nose high and then basically yeah. leveling it off and pushing back down and, and it's and it's basically the same as what we do when we're up on foil pumping but you're you're initiating that with the foil board in the water so to me it looks yeah. like you're starting that pumping motion so you're pumping the foil even though the board's still in the water and as that speed comes, it's like it's a nose high. Um, and that's that unweight you're talking about. And you bring in those, like the scoot is that hips forward. It's like you bring yeah. your hips towards the paddle, which is, I guess, you and I, I think have a very similar view on how to paddle efficiently. Coming, listening to Dave a lot, plant the paddle, bring yourself to it. You know, think about, or a skier, plant the poles, scoot past it. So it's that no slippage of the paddle. You're not pulling the paddle back. You're setting the paddle and you're getting past it. Um, but then with the foil board, it makes it a bit trickier because we're on these little things and we, we need to initiate that up and down movement. And that's where the foot movement I think you're talking about comes from is that you're pushing. I think about when I'm putting the paddle in the water and setting, I'm actually pushing the nose down, not so far down that I'm nose diving, but then it's so that when I nose down and when I can kick up, it does this, motion so and that motion is that lift we get and then it's down and up again down and up and it's um yeah. it's a uh, i don't know i was i was breaking it down and well i noticed that um it helps to have a little bit longer stroke because yes. i put the i plant my paddle as clean as i can and i start pulling a little slower than the exit so once I get to the halfway where the shaft is vertical is when I apply the most power. And then I bring the paddle back a little further all the way to my back foot, which means the blade is now goes in the water like this. Mm -hmm. Then here's the power level. I'm still powering out with the blade doing this, which drives the board down. Yeah. And for a stand up or a canoe, you don't really want that because it's going to slow you down so you take it out here mm -hmm. you know but when i'm paddling i go a little bit further so that i can get i can actually get that downward push yeah so i can get more of the nose down yeah you know into the water so it can pop back up which i think is so cool because on a stand-up or a um, outrigger you know we're staying flat and we want to you know you never want to nose dive but on a foil board we're adding another dimension and then we're going up and down as well so that you know that rotation and like that's obviously creating lift power and that's usually forcing your nose down into the water but on the foil yeah. board forcing the nose down into the water is a part of our pumping mo motion so yeah. I, I agree in that like I, I watched videos of myself doing the paddle pump and at the end I'm splashing water out the back a lot more than I would normally on a sup and I'm like right. maybe it's just bad technique and then I heard you talk about it and I'm like no you're right it, it does force the nose down and gives you that extra bit of speed that you actually need to get going. Yeah, yeah, you get so much compression with a little bit longer stroke. And if you're in that squatted position, when your nose is down, then you can really spring up and get yeah. on your toes, float, squat as you come down and load up again. 
Yeah, yeah. It was really cool seeing the video of you and Tomo doing it and then the video of Tomoko doing it because obviously you and Tomo have a lot more power. But the fact Tomoko got up and I, I broke the video down frame by frame for my crew and um, that she was actually doing the same thing just with less power. The, you know, the nose was coming up and coming down, whereas for you and Tomo, it was more like nose up, nose down, nose up, nose down, whereas Tomoko was just a little bit less, but the technique was the same. And um, it was very cool to see that obviously someone who isn't the strongest and doesn't have a SUP race background can get up in the flat water, which really means yeah. she can definitely get up in the downwind. And um, I'm not sure how you teach, but I sort of teach some similar thing. The, the flat water really allows you to hone your technique. Yeah. And then when you get in the bumps, it's about um, timing, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell people when uh, that, that want to do it, I, I talk to them in the surf lineup most of the time. And I tell them just the wait till the wave hits your tail wing, the, the wing of the foil. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. You know, once it hits that tail wing, then you start your paddling and pumping and you know because it has to happen that fast yeah and, and uh then you start to feel the power that you're getting once that wave hits the tail and you know that you, you can kind of find that timing if you wait long enough mm -hmm. yeah and you have to wait so long that you may pop up behind the wave so the longer you wait to, to put that paddle in the water, or you can set the paddle and just have it ready. And then as soon as the wave gets under your board, do that scoop pump. Mm. And since you're on, the wave picks you up and you're on a slope like this now, then you don't have to jack the board up like this. You know, mm -hmm. it's only got to go like this. Yeah, only has to go flat. A little bit easier. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So if you practice it in waves, just wait for the last minute to pump and catch that wave then you start to get that sense of timing and what it feels like um and then you know when you're out in the downwind bumps it's kind of waiting for you for that surge you know you just got to be patient you can't just go and rip off 10 tries to pop up <laughs> yeah and think you're going to have energy for the for the remainder of the run you know it's when you're learning, it's it's all about the patience and big time. You know, trying to get that feel for when it's time and when you get a little surge and yeah, and then applying all the things that you've practiced in the flat water and possibly on waves. Mm. I even I recommend crew that if if they if they want to do a downwind, obviously work on the flat water. Try you know look at Jeremy's videos. Definitely take notes. Get out there and practice in the flat. But if you've got like a lake or, you know, an ocean that's pretty flat with a, with a breeze that's blowing off the shore, what it does is it gives you a little bit more of a push, but it keeps yeah. the water flat, which, which allows you to not worry so much about timing. You've got the assistance of the breeze behind you, which it does make a difference. It makes you go, you can paddle faster. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to be able to feel it a bit easier that way. And then once you kind of start to get that feeling you don't have to be lifting but once you get that feeling 
I then recommend going out in waves or onshore conditions with little chops running in towards the shore, paddling out and turning around and coming in. Because if you just go out and do a downwinder, you, you may not get up. Whereas if you just paddle out to an onshore spot and then, you know, work on getting up, then at least if you don't get up, it's only a short paddle back in. Whereas, um, and it gives you that sense of confidence that you're going to be able to get going earlier. Whereas yeah. there's nothing worse than, you know, setting off for a 10 kilometre downwind and realising, you know, three k's in that you're probably not going to get up and you've got another seven to go and it's, that's not a fun experience. Yeah, that, that was my first run was I jumped on the shuttle and I went up and going all the way to the harbour. And, I mean, it was okay because I had a 10-6 board. Yeah, true. It didn't take too long, but, uh, you know, it was still about two hours. Wow. <laughs> and uh, um, so then we started breaking it down. We'd do, like, shorter runs, you know, mm -hmm. three miles at a time. And that was, you know, you get your one one minute glide and there was a breakthrough and then not too long after that you get one that's two minutes you know yeah and you start getting longer and longer ones um but you know there was times where i just couldn't uh, organize that with friends so i would just go down to the beach and uh on a windy day and inside the reef at kanaha oh, yeah, perfect and i just walk up a half mile and paddle out 10 minutes and then you know, and I'm still on the inside of the reef and there's small bumps. But I started just doing that for practice. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'd walk up twice and then, you know, that, that would take, well, it's about a 15 minute walk and a 10 minute paddle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then if you foil the whole thing, it's like four minutes or yeah. less. Yeah. <laughs> so it took a while minutes. to foil the yeah. whole thing, but I just, I got a lot of practice that way. Yeah. And, uh, and it definitely gave me the confidence and you know helped me learn how to pop up and get more efficient at that because you know if, if I wasn't going on a run and you know last year during the COVID we weren't doing that whole lot you know I might go a month without going on a run mm -hmm. so I wanted to have the confidence that I could pop up yeah when the time came yeah so I would just go practice and what um that's a good point i guess COVID. a lot of people are like working on have been working on upskilling you know different it's been a great time for foiling i think because people are, are stuck and they can't go on surf trips anywhere and they're just learning to foil so it's it's been yeah. a cool to see this sort of boom in the surf sport industry i guess because of because of COVID. because yeah, you know, we winging took off. Um, what's that say again the winging Oh, winging as well. Crazy, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it took off big time during COVID. Yeah. And it, it was it was almost at a point where they had, uh, you know, some of the officers going down to the harbor to make sure that we weren't too close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be so many people down there. Yeah. But we're not gathering, you know. We, The rule was we could exercise. And yeah. We couldn't set up a lounge chair on the beach. But you can knock out the wing. None of us did. But yeah. you know, we could go out and wing and yeah, it just looked like a party down at the harbor. But you know, no one was really congregating. Yeah. You know, we all just a lot of zigzagging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. we'll, we'll get more into winging later, but um, I want to talk to you about um what what equipment you were using when you were first learning. 
um, what with the downwind? Yeah, the downwind. So what, what foil? What, what size? What size foil? Basically. Oh well, I had that M one eighty to start with. Yeah. And then I moved uh, to the two hundred. Yeah. And I used the two hundred for quite a while. And then I got um, a one eighty. GL one eighty go yeah. foil. Yeah, so it was the was it the Eva? It was the red one. Yeah, but I never tried that on a downwind run. Ah, okay. I, I also, have... the original Maliko. It's like I think it's it's the yeah, that's the M one eighty. I think you're talking about the 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 first blue one. Yeah, it was a little bit flatter. Didn't have yeah. as much curve. Yeah, it was not. It was a good wing. I think it was a good wing. I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll, I don't know where they all went, but yeah, I'm interested to try it again. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Maliko um, 200 was that extra bit of lift. It just made it so much easier to get going. Um, right. And I noticed yeah. you're using the Maliko 280 to to paddle up in about two strokes in the harbor now. Yeah, that thing has <laughs> got so much lift. You know, it's yeah. incredible. So, Tomoko, that's what she got lifted on was the 280, mm -hmm. and before that, she was trying the. Uh, the Nuco foil GT series, I think it's the 2200. Yeah, which is a bit smaller. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit smaller, but it sure does pump a lot more efficient once you're up. Once you're up, for sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard going back to the original wings, I guess. I even, I've tried the Eva the other day and I was like, man, how did I ever do a downwinder on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they just get more efficient. And if you, if you've got your pop up dialed in, then you know you're going to get up on yeah something you know maybe it's not too small i think the 160 is the smallest i've used for a downwind yeah um and i just got the rs 1150 yeah i'm i'm literally i think mine are arriving today or tomorrow so i'm so pumped to try it yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah i've only heard it's really fast yeah and i just got it a couple of days ago and so I took it out with the wing and just went out into the bumps and held the wing up and rode the bumps maybe a quarter mile before I had to tack back and do it again. But, you know, the wind was kind of light and I was surprised at how, how much lift it had mm -hmm. at low speed. Yeah. And that's, I think the beauty of a really good downwind wing, I've, I've been doing a bit of testing lately and the, a really good downwind wing can go super slow but also can can still hit those top speeds as well when those big bumps come. So it's you don't yeah. necessarily just want a fast wing because one, you'll never get it up. Like even on a stand up, it's hard to get up some of these smaller wings. Like it's amazing that NL 160. Actually, let's talk about that. The NL 160, you paddled up in flat water. That's incredible. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Uh, there was several um, tries. You know, he didn't. He didn't post uh, the video of all the attempts that I had made prior to getting up. Yeah. But uh, man, you know, I just kept going for it. And even when I did get up, I, it must have been 15 or 20 strokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, I got this new wing now and I want to go try to see if I can get that thing going in the flat water. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I really wanted to learn how to do that flat water takeoff so that 
I could hop onto any wave at any time. I can, I don't have to sit where the wave's breaking. I could go, you know, a quarter mile out past where it's breaking and maybe get onto it. Yeah. And, uh, and then I realized, well, I can only do this on with really big wings and, uh, I'm not going to want a big wing on a, mm, on a big wave. wave outside of the reef. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I like the 160 for surfing, but I'm, I'm not going to do a flat water start and, you know, go pick off a wave with it because it's no, just too tough. Pretty, still pretty big, big foil. How much do you yeah. weigh, actually? That's a lot of people have been asking, like they've been blown away by your, you know, three-stroke flat water start. <laughs> and I'm like, please. He's yeah, one, he's a pretty I, good paddler. He's using a pretty narrow board. His balance is good. Um, what do you? Yeah. What's your? I'm kind of in between one fifty five and one sixty. Just about one one fifty seven. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're seventy to seventy two kilo kilograms, which yeah yeah. I'm I'm eighty two, so that's I'm like okay. seventy, I guess. Um, no, I'm more like 180. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Yeah, which um, yeah. makes me feel a bit better when I watch you do the flat water starts. I'm like, I can't do it in two strokes. And then I realize <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a lightweight. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that definitely helps. Um, but, you know, it's every, I kind of want to see what the difference in strokes would be um, as you progress through the wings. Yes, I think that'd be kind of fun, you know. Sure. Try the two eighty, try the two hundred, or maybe get the newer wings at two twenty two hundred, and mm. and and see what the limit is. Yeah, you're like this is a four stroke flat water start. This is a six stroke, or you know, <laughs> this is a twenty yeah. stroke. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so what's the smallest foil you've paddled up in downwind downwind conditions? Uh, that one sixty. Yeah. I, I haven't used that 1150 yet. It might be a little bit smaller surface area mm -hmm. than the 160. Uh, I think it's a shorter cord, so higher aspect. But um, yeah, that that that'll probably be the smallest wing. Yeah, that I'm popping for downwind. I yeah. haven't tried anything smaller. I know that uh, uh, Alan Cadiz used the uh, 140. But he said it was a lot of work. Yeah, so I, 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 I've downwinded on the 140 once. Um, it was just before the 160 came out. And I actually, I find the 160 probably just as hard as the 140. There's probably no difference. Because the 140, I think, has a little bit, it's a little bit thicker, you know, the, the profile. Um, yeah. And... Look, but for me, both the 140 and the 160, it's pretty rare that they're actually faster for the entire run downwind because well, actually most of the time they're slower because the, you know, here in Sydney, it's not a Maliko run. Um, we right. get good conditions when it's super windy, but it doesn't happen all the time. And um, when they are good conditions, they're always one or two little sections that are not so great. So if you what, what I find for those looking to downwind and, and progress to smaller foils, the smallest foil isn't always the quickest because if you can't glide with speed through the flatter sections, then yeah. your average drops a lot and you've got to pump a lot more. Whereas if you use this larger foil, 
and you're maxed out the entire time and you're just gliding. Yeah. Personally, I find I'm quicker. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I use the 160 for Malika runs and I use the 190 for Kihei. Yeah. Because, you know, we're going to hit 20 miles an hour on a Malika run and the wing can handle it with no problem, you know. It's, it's not wanting to lift too high or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, whereas I think the 190 on a Malika run, on a big day, I might peel off of some of those big ones. Yeah. Not even, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 160 gives me more confidence to just send it down the line on the bigger ones. Yeah. Because it, I know it's not going to lift me. Um, gonna... I'm a lightweight, so yeah, I, I only have so much pressure I can put on the nose if I need to. Yeah, for sure. But now I have this, the, the new one-piece tail the red one yeah and uh man it, it flies a lot more level more neutral without, mm. yeah it doesn't it doesn't like the speed extra speed doesn't create that much lift mm. so it's, it's something that i got to get used to because i'm used to putting force on the front foot yeah when i have a lot of speed but now i if i do that i'm going to come down to the surface yeah which so I mean, that's, that's, that's worse that's the worst thing yeah <laughs> yeah which is better coming down to the surface that you know slowly mm. is way better than overfoiling. yes for sure <laughs> but I, I i i a similar experience um obviously i think go for is probably the most front foot foil and that's actually one of the reasons I, I like it is because to me front foot gives you drive. So if I'm leaning forward the whole time, all my weight is forward. So it's, you know, it's just sort of more stand up paddling stuff. If I lean forward on the catch, it's going to propel me forward. If I, if I'm foiling downwind and I'm leaning forward, I'm continuing to propel the forward, the, the, the foil forward. Um, I've tried a couple other foils and they're much more back foot. And I find um, leaning back like this, it almost, it slows me. It, it stops my, in the surf, it stops my flow and rhythm because if I lean back like this to stop it to pump, it's like I'm pulling the handbrake. Um, yeah. Whereas leaning forward has helped it. And I've spoken to a few guys and that have talked about this front foot feeling and on different foils and they've actually shimmed it to create more of a front foot feeling on, on other foils. Whereas for go for, they say, oh, it's too, too much front foot. But for the foils that they're using, they're trying to create it more like go foil, which is that front foot feeling. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I totally get what you're talking about, where it's like, it's definitely, I think neutral is what we're all after. You know, I think go foil before that red tail and, and the original one, it's, it's, it's probably too much front foot because it's lifting you too much and you've actually got to, you know, you've got to lean so far forward to, to stop yeah, it from but, breaking. But you could get a lot of drive with your pump exactly right? yeah exactly um, if you're if it's uh if it's not like loaded on the front foot then when you pump you you're more like just doing this little pop-up exactly you know yeah just to get higher on the mast and then drive yeah it's like a two-stage whereas with the go for and I, i've used it for the last six years go for so i'm so dialed in but the front foot feel i love because i can it's like I'm um, drop, like you know, when you surf and you do a bottom turn, you're driving through that front foot up towards the, and you do your, your big cutback, and it's all, 
you know, you're, you're just driving with speed, whereas yeah. the um, it's like a quad, you know, a, a fully powered up quad fin versus the back foot foils feel like almost like a single fin or like a, a, a little single fin where you've got to sort of lean back or, or, like, or like a twin fin on two bigger waves and you're having to nurse those turns and lean back. You know, it's just a little bit... Right. Not as... I, don't know, I just love... I'm, I'm a very front foot surfer, which definitely lends me to that go foil feel but it's um you know i know the lift is super back foot um the takuma uh, i've had one go on it it felt pretty back foot my mate said he hadn't shimmed it correctly so maybe that's a reason why um yeah. the axis feels more like go fall and then it's that front foot feel um yeah and then the uh, and armstrong's the other one i've tried and it's it just felt i, I was toe foiling with tom carroll and um, he was, he's a, you know, he's missed it. He's the most back footed surfer of all time. You know, the snap under the lip at Pipeline. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, let's give me a go of that. So I tried it and I, I could hardly even get going on it. It was, I felt like I was so far back foot like this, wasn't the go for on like this. And I, yeah. just, I couldn't, right. behind the ski, I got up one of five attempts and then I got a wave. And on the wave, I just fell off because <laughs> I was just wow. leaning too far forward. I wow. couldn't get my head around it. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. You know, you feel like you're going to, like, the foil's just going to scoot out from under you if, when you're leaning back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I've always had, like, even, you know, surfing, when I'm dropping in on something that's got some size, I'm, I'm like, in a squatted position with a little bit of weight on the front foot more often mm. as I'm catching the wave. Um, not, like, lean back you know it's just if you lean back and the board comes from under you is, is my feeling whereas if you lean forward yeah. you can you know sort of right stay on top of it on top of it yeah yeah in saying that you can shim like with you know you, you chat to um eric from the progression project if you've ever got any questions on anything he's probably tried every foil out there and i know he's i, I spoke to him when i was trying out some stuff and some of the lift gear and he said you, you know you got to shim it three to four mil and you've got a he's actually building shim into his um into his boards so he doesn't have to put you know a base plate in um oh wow yeah so he's you know he, he really likes that front foot feeling which is super interesting um which to me it's like we'll just use a go for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i know it's there's lots of different feels well that uh, i mean Chris Pagdalau let me try his go foil at uh, guardrails one day. And that was it. Uh, I was like, oh, no wonder you guys are ripping because this foil is really nice. Which, which foil was it in particular? It was a 200. It was a 200. It was just a need a waist high day. Yeah. But, you know, I had been trying and I go straight and make these little tiny turns and stuff. But I got on that board his board with that foil and man, the first wave I'm down the line and cut back and cut back down the line again. And I was like, well, this is, this is what I need. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I talked to Alex after that session and uh, started getting on board with go foil products, man. Yeah. Every single time they come out with something new, it seems like, oh, okay. You know, for what I'm doing, for downwind, I'm looking for faster and efficient foils because you know the 200. 
was awesome for getting up. Yeah. But on a big day, some of the swells are outrunning you. Yes. And you have to pump really, really hard to create enough speed to stay on it. Yeah. And now that, you know, with better pop-ups and better wings, now once we're on those big bumps, the wings, uh, they just stay on them and, and go over the ones that are <laughs> in front, you know? Yeah, fully. Popping bumps now without as much work. Yeah, I liked what you said before is, you know, on the 190 and Malika, you feel like you're peeling off more often and that that peel off is, uh, when I first did my Malika run, I was actually teaching Marcus Tardrew and um, he's similar weight to you and we're both using the Malika 200. And um, I remember him saying like, there's no way I'm dropping down that one and he'd just peel off. And I sort of, you know, lean forward and sort of muscle it on a bit more weight. And we were talking about that the other day. I was chatting to Marcus about it the other day and, the foils have gotten so much better that you can just on those big swells that are rolling through now with the right foil, obviously you can just send it straight, straight down the run, which you would yeah. never be able to do on a stand up or an outrigger or anything. And you do it right. like close to two minute kilometers. It, it's, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's so fast. You know, one time I was on uh, that 180 and it's a pretty good, windy day and it's winter time so there's no swell mm. and so as i'm getting close to the airport tower i'm like oh you know here comes these the swells that you see on the out of the horizon is <laughs> sometimes they block out the horizon right they're yeah. pretty big and i thought i'm just gonna turn on it you know and i turned down on it towards shore and i started going so fast I wanted to get off of it yeah. <laughs> as soon as I got on it. Yeah. And in the process of trying to get off, you're you're like going high up on the on the shoulder, which is even faster. Even more speed, yeah. Yeah. So I come um kind of breached the water and it wiggled a bit on me and it came back in and then I just couldn't get it to go back in and I wiped out at such a high speed, man. I was just terrifying. Thinking, yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. But you know, it was sort of like getting towed into a a big wave, but on a big foil. Yeah, terrifying. Not I don't know. I know that feeling. It's like you say, okay, I'm gonna turn down on this one, and then you get on it. You're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. Now, how do I get off? Because it's like a similar the southerly around here is when we had a southerly wind. It's similar to Maliko and that you know the swells coming over the right shoulder, and sometimes I'll turn down left. To, to sort of run with the swell and if you turn back right you, by turning you create more speed and turning getting up higher on it so the only way to exit is sometimes continuing to just ride it out until it sort of flattens off and I was continuing to go yeah. left and you're almost going left until you're going sort of like upwind and you're like oh thank god and then you turn and because you have so much speed everything else is moving so slow you actually have to pump a lot to sort of almost slow yourself down to feel the energy of the smaller ones is what I found yeah. anyway. It's like, if you're going so fast on those big swells, you'll pull off with so much speed that you're not getting any energy from anything else. Right. Yeah. And then, and then the wavelength is stretched out. So that next one coming is yeah. going to be a little longer yeah. than just the regular wind swells. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I've been out in some big stuff, probably similar to wintertime Maliko run. And, and the swells are so big 
that at the bottom of the trough, it's glassy. You know, there's no bumps in there. It's just smooth. Right. And up the top, and like there's a little bit of, you know, surface, just short period chop at the top. But because those long period swells are so big, it's it's no good. So I did a run. I, was, I started on the Maliko 200 because I was like, oh, I need to, I want to make sure I can get going. The surf's big. I got going and I came about halfway, I live about halfway along the run. I actually came in at halfway, put on the Eva, paddled back out and finished my run because yeah. <laughs> it was, I was just going too fast in the Maliko 200 and I was having to pump so much. Whereas on the Eva, it was far easier to stay with those bigger swells and I kind of glide better between and link because I was at that top, that higher speed. Yeah, it's just more efficient. More efficient, exactly. Better. Yeah, which, you know, I think people are so lucky now that the high aspect wings have come about that, you know, you can get going not quite yeah. as easy, but once yeah, you're up and going, yeah. the, the linking is so much it's so much easier to link bumps now on those high aspect wings yeah a lot of my friends uh they started stand up foiling trying to do downwind runs and then they got into winging and they were you know kind of struggling to get lifted on stand up but winging came around and now they're loving it because now they can go on the downwind runs with their wings mm. and so we probably did that for a solid year before revisiting stand-up stand for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because we're out there, they're winging, they're, we're, we don't have anything in our hands. And with the wing, you got to kind of learn how to dance with that thing to go where you want to go. Cause yeah, you got to <laughs> yeah. here and over there and yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's an artwork. It takes some time to, to kind of figure it out and be comfortable with that um but now they're getting back into stand-up foiling again downwind and the uh the changes in the wings are making a big difference because now that once they do get up they're able to stay on bumps and not have to pump as hard as you know to keep that 200 going No, he's frozen. I just, I just lost you there, Jeremy. Not sure. But yeah. Yeah, you're back. Uh, it could be, it could okay. be my connection. Yeah, so I was just saying, you know, the 200 compared to the 190 is a nine day difference. And so what they were riding the 200 a year ago, and now they've hopped on like the 190. Uh, NL and the efficiency of that wing is just allowing them to stay on bumps more longer and then when they come off of bumps it continues gliding yeah the glide goes bump to, to get to the next one so you know they went from thinking that they were not really going to figure it out to you know to now like they put their wings back in the closet Oh, awesome. <laughs> so that's, I, want to, I want to talk about the winging because, like you said, I think it's a really good tool to, to learn to downwind because I call it a downwind simulation in that you can use the wing to pop up and get going and then you just free wing for as long as you can and you've got to try to refrain from, from grabbing both handles and sheeting in again. You've got to try to just see how long you can go holding the yeah. wing in, in one hand or the other. 
And, and what yeah. I found is the angles are quite different in that you have to cut sort of more across the wind. So you're sort of zigzagging, like sort of up and down the coast. Whereas right. when we downwind, we can go straight up. So I actually find personally, I find it harder free winging downwind that the lines I want to take than it is to once you're up and just going straight downwind with a paddle. Yeah. I, I haven't done a Malika run with a wing. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't see the point. <laughs> I've done one run. I went from Kanaha to the harbor, which is yeah. three miles. And, you know, it's like I said, if you're, if you don't you know, have in the background of knowing how to, knowing that I could have easily done that run on my stand-up, mm. but with the wing, it's just a matter of what to do with it. You know, once, once I'm going downwind yeah. and like you said, yeah, you do have to go a little bit more at angles just to kind of keep it out of your way. Mm. switch hands with it um but it's really nice for people to get that experience you know oh it's perfect it, it's like it's literally like getting towed in <laughs> yeah you just kind of towing yourself to wherever you want to go and then you can you see a bump that you like and luff the wing and ride that for a little while and sheet back in before you you know need to do any pumping mm. yeah <laughs> yeah and I guess the people that want to transition from winging downwind to paddling downwind, I guess personally, I think they should, I prefer them to come down and, or work on their pump before they sheet back in. But it's so hard to teach people that because they're like, oh, why would I pump when I can just grab the bottom hand and get going again? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's, you want to, you got to be able to save yourself. Yeah. When, when, when the ride's over and find another glide pretty yeah. quick. Um, For sure. And, you know, it turns out that after a few attempts, it's really not that hard. If, you, if you're coming off of a bump, it's either you choose to go right or you choose to go left. Not, don't keep it going straight ahead because now the bump behind you is going to take longer to get to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you cut, you cut an angle, that next bump is going to be uh, right there and you can see it. You can kind yeah. of like, oh, here we go. It's going to catch you up. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to, that's really, it's a good way of putting it in almost, instead of, you know, imagine if you're on a highway and you're, you're driving down the highway and it's like you've got to turn, like change lanes to, to allow the car behind to pass you kind of thing. You know, you, like change yeah. lanes and let the park car, I mean, go slot back in behind the car. It's, um, it's you've got to slow yourself down to get back on the next bump, and and whether that's turning, you know, just sort of S turns, or whether it's literally peeling out to sea or peeling into shore, just to allow everything to, you know, if there's these two bumps, you don't want to be. Um, if this is our trough, we're going this way. You don't want to be just behind this one. You want to be closer to this one, this downhill here. And sort of try yeah. to travel along with it. If you peel off from, from the front of this one to the back of this one and, and continue going straight, you're going to be going on that uphill for longer if you run straight. Yeah. Whereas if you turn, or like it's kind of like longboarding and like turning, like stalling, trimming, and then getting back on the nose. You know, you need a stall, bottom turn, and then get back up onto that top of the wave and, and you're gliding again. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah, this is the front wave and this is the back wave. And 
you know, this one just passed me by and I'm on a standup. If I keep paddling at a sprint pace to try and stay close to this, it's going to take longer for this one to come to me. Yeah. So if I stop paddling and just wait for the next bump, then it's only another stroke or two and I'm riding again. But with the foil, you just have to learn how to keep that thing up in between yeah. those bumps. So, yeah, like you said, either a little bit of zigzagging um, to slow it down so this bump gets to you a little bit quicker. Mm. Uh, and what you see, what I see when people are first learning is they, they get going and they just they pump as quick as they can for as long as they can. And it's like, if you get up, just think about running across and wait for that downhill to catch you and then turn down with the downhill. Whereas if, if they continue to pump, it's like they're almost staying in between these two bits Whereas they always want to like allow this to catch up rather than stay here on this uphill for longer. So it's yeah, the foil's traveling. You know, when you get the thing pumping and you're going, you can keep it moving at a good speed, mm. which is is pretty awesome. But at the same time, it's going to wear you out if you don't slow it down enough to wait for a proper swell to give you enough glide to not pump at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, I posted a video last week of a of winging. I guess back to the winging, winging, and then we talk about the the problems of winging and that the wing gets in your way. You can't you can't run straight downwind because it's like the the, the apparent there's no the apparent wind just sort of drops. You're going as fast as the wind, and you almost got to put it behind you because you're going faster than it. So yeah. I guess what I've found, and, I, and I'm hoping this takes off because i think it could get a lot of people into downwinding if people can learn to deflate and you can probably set up with like you know tie downs or, or bungee cords deflate and leave the the middle strut inflated and then they can just kind of grab that middle strut and because you're already up and running every, no anyone who anyone who wants to downwind and knows how to wing can everyone can get up on foil using the wing it, it's probably yeah. the easiest wind sport to learn. So that, that's your chip in. And once you're up and going, you deflate. And that's the hard part, obviously, deflating while you're up and running. You need to be pretty confident with how you, um, I guess, read the water. You know, you need to be uh, able to. Yeah, it looks tough because <laughs> obviously, you know, for you, you have the knowledge of reading the water and mm. keeping that foil on foil long enough to do you know something like that i mean that's like folding laundry you know like <laughs> foil. it's not a clean fold though it's just you just gotta scrunch it up you know i think <laughs> you know those north days on a maliko run where it's just you know hot you're just cutting right the whole time yeah yeah so with a wing you could wing out you know a mile or two miles out to sea right. and then turn around and instead of having the wing sort of get in your way a little bit just deflate and it's like getting a, a boat ride out to sea and then yeah. you deflate and yet you, you don't have to worry about getting up because you're already up and then you just yeah. sort of just go straight in with the swells for me here in sydney um a lot of the time we've got to paddle out uh, sometimes as far as a mile sometimes half a mile to get to the wind line so with the wing you know where the bumps are good enough to sort of get started even paddling in um with the wing I just, me and Zane will just sail out to sea and we'll go further. We'll go three, four, five kilometers out to sea. So then when we're going, we can just 
basically just go straight with the swells and just sort of run all the way back in because our wind isn't straight along the coast. It's a little bit onshore sometimes. Yeah, so right. Just, yeah, it's, so... like a, it's like a Maliko run because you start from so far out and the wind is straight in. You never have to yeah. cut out or cut in. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, got some great opportunities for, you know, places like that where it's not just a straight shot downwind like most of our, even on the north wind days, we're finding out that it's the swells are still good enough to get mm -hmm. us going down from Malika to the harbor pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, but for your situation, it definitely makes sense to take that wing out and get a little bit more distance and a better angle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would imagine it's going to be pretty tricky until you get that thing kind of packed away and then you can really focus on the bumps. But. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try and rig up a way that is a little bit easier to, to pack it down. Originally, I was um, winging out, deflating it like in the water, rolling it up and putting it in a backpack and, yeah. and a dry bag. And, and what I found was the extra weight of the wing and obviously you got a bit of water because you're, you're packing it up in the water that yeah. weight would make it harder to get going. So um, you know, you're winging out, you know, three or four kilometers out to sea, you're packing down. And I was on the 160, NL160 once, and I was trying to paddle up the NL160 with a, with a wet wing in my backpack. And I was yeah. like, and it, you know, obviously it bounces around a little bit when you paddle too. Right. And there was a moment there, I'm like, I'm not going to get up. Like, I'm going to have to just paddle like a stand, like six foot stand up all the way back into shore. Oh, yeah, like, you didn't have a pump. I didn't have my pump that time because I was just, I was just, I had a paddle. I didn't have a pump. So that's when I changed my tax. And I'm like, well, the disadvantage of the wing, it like, it's annoying now that it's, um, you know, on my back. But if I can deflate while I'm already up on the foil, one, the wing stays drier. Yeah. And two, um, you know, I've got my chip in already. So I started doing it and I would bring a paddle with me. So if I fell down, I would paddle up. So I'd sort of try to, like you said, fold the laundry files up on foil and I'd try to get it in my backpack, which that was tricky. Like that was serious yeah. multitasking. Right. But what I found was I, I ditched, left the paddle on the beach and I'd bring a pump with me instead. So I would yeah. wing out to sea, deflate while up on foil and I was packing it up and I'd put it in my backpack. And then I realized if I was packing it up, if, if I was to fall and pump it back up, I just had to pull it out of my backpack again and the pump and pump it up. So I was like, why do I put it in my, I can just hold it under my arm. It's not really, it's not much of a, a nuisance. It's just sort of like holding a paddle, just, um, you know, right. in my hand or, you know, a little bit, little bit bigger than a paddle under your arm. So I was like, and then if I yeah. come down, I can just grab the pump and pump it up. The wing's already out. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But look, it's not perfect. It's not, I, I, I'm trying to find a way that like a, uh, uh, a way to inflate the wing um, while up on foil like you know like an electric pump would be epic or like you know the CO2 cartridges like a big enough CO2 cartridge that it just goes and it pumps your wing up <laughs> so that that I think people would try it if they had a quick way to get going again because at the moment if you come down pumping up with a hand pump in the water like it's pumping up a wing on land isn't fun right yeah pumping up on a wing 
in water is even worse. <laughs> Man, I didn't think about that. That's going to be really hard. Yeah, it, it, it's not too bad. You sort of, I just sort of hold the pump in the bottom of the pump in one hand and the top of the pump in the other, and it's which is why I leave that middle strut inflated because it's a little bit less work, a little bit less okay. to do. Yeah. But it's, I want to see more people do it. I, I keep bringing it up in these catch up, Casey catch ups because. Uh, yeah, I, I have a, a wasp uh, wing and it's got one hole to pump it up. And in between the strut and the wing, there's this little hose. Yeah. So, you know, you got to watch that hose even when you're on land so that it doesn't kink while you're trying to deflate it. Yeah. Yeah, now that one probably wouldn't be the easiest one to deflate. No, you need, you know, like, I guess you've probably seen some of the kites where they have the, the little, it's like a little peg and it just clicks off. Um, yeah. You know, I use, I'm using the value wing and they have those, that, that's why I tried it because it has a little, you just click it off and it keeps, it, it just pinches that hose. So a mate of mine's been using the duotone um, unit and he's just, he's actually got a bit of rope and on that hose, He's just like tied it up. So just tried to just stem the flow, uh, you know, stop it oh, yeah. deflating out. So you can inflate, you can deflate the leading edge, which is all you, you just need to deflate the leading edge because the strut you can actually right. use to sort of roll it up around itself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you have me convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get people one at a time, but it's, 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 a, it's an uphill battle. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i would totally be down to do it if it was a necessity but yes but you can paddle you, i totally yeah like if yeah. That, that's why because there's so many people that wing and i know people want to learn to downwind and if i can teach a winger someone who can just get up on the foil using a wing and then just teach them to deflate it and and yeah. go downwind like i think that's right. a pretty cool way to do it and obviously, then yeah. if you have a if you have a really good practical way of reinflating, which the hand pump is, it's a good way. It, it's a, it's an answer, but it's not the best answer. I don't think. I think there'll be a better answer down the track. Yeah. Um, See so yeah, how well, we go. I mean, you, have you tried like the the little electric pumps that come with the cap mattress? Um, I haven't because I'm worried I'm going to break it, but I guess I should just try it for the for the sake of the experiment. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to put it in like a dry bag. Yeah. You know, which, I don't think it can handle getting salt water. <laughs> and I wonder how quick those are to pump because they're not that fast at reinflating stuff, are they? No. But, so you uh, might just be sitting out in the water, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> the vibration might... <laughs> attract some attention <laughs> right yeah i don't want that yeah yeah so maybe i might i might do up a little online course and see if i can get people to maybe it's a free one and i can get people to do it <laughs> yeah see if i can inspire some some wingers to be converted into downwinders yeah you know that, that more and more right now uh, kind of itching to try it again yeah um, you know i when it first started, I took a group of guys out and we had hired a boat to just come by, drive by and send us a, a wake. Yeah. And we practiced popping up on the wake. Yeah. Which is, was really hard. Yeah. To figure out, you know, the boat wasn't putting off a really big wake. 
Um, we could get it a little bit bigger by putting everybody on the exactly. stern of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And come by the paddle pretty close, but you know, it was so close it was sketchy. Yeah. But yeah. you know, um, if you do have an opportunity to try practicing popping up on a decent sized wake from a boat, you you at least get like three or four opportunities because there's yeah. three or four wakes behind it. So and were you doing that in like were you doing that in the harbor? Somewhere pretty far. No, no. Uh, we were out on a really glassy day. We were out on the south side. Okay. Yeah. So pretty yeah. Flat. Yeah. And uh, you know, so if that's if you're at, in a lake or somewhere, you know, you don't have ocean waves or anything like that, you have that weight coming by. Then, if you can practice that flat water technique then it's kind of going to open up the opportunities to ride any boat that comes your way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's something I, it's like, I guess a boat is like a, it's like a wave pool for a foil kind of, you know, like, yeah. it's, cause you don't need much of a wave and that little wake, you know, you seen like Austin Tubi doing backflips off proper wake, wakeboard boat, boats, yeah. but you don't need, like he's on a small foil on the, something like the Maliko 280. Most boats are going too fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, if you can paddle up on foil, then, and you, and you live in a harbor where there's lots of boats. Yeah. I, I coach uh, um, crackers over in WA. Um, she's in the Northwest WA and she's not, doesn't always have the best downwind conditions up there, but there's, you know, she, there's a harbor, like there is in most coastal towns, and she will mm -hmm. go out. At certain times, you know, there's a lot of boat traffic, and she will just chase boat wakes, like you're saying, and she'll try to pump up onto the, you know, whether she she started on a race board, and she's learning, she's was learning to foil. I said, go chase some boat wakes because you're gonna, if you can get that little bump and time it, like like sort yeah. of like a wave, then you're gonna be able to ride for ages. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's super cool. You know, foiling opens up a lot of spots that you wouldn't even think of um surfing or you know yeah i see guys doing the ladder starts you know jumping off the ladders so cool. jumping off of docks and chasing after boat wakes and even using docks to start their downwind runs yeah that's pretty wild but that's that's a major risk because if you go down you're on a little tiny board and you're paddling in for a yeah. rest of the I was chatting to Kahi and, and he said 45 minutes. He they start at China Wall and get going at, like on the wave. And if they come off, like it's a long way out that run. I'm yeah. sure you've done it. Um, it's a long paddle in. It's mostly it feels like it's offshore for most of the run until yeah. you get to, to like Diamond Head basically, and then it's close to the beach. And yeah, I said, mate you got to learn to stand up because if you come off, you can just paddle up again. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, sh I should try. And I think he's still struggling. You know, I think, like you said, if you already know how to prone downwind or you already know how to sup paddle downwind, then why would you want to reteach yourself another skill? Um, it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but interesting. I love all the different, so like, you know, you're seeing Kyle, I think it's Kyle um, in Hood River. He was, doing the drop wallet so he had his wing with a little weight on his leash and he'd he'd foil 
and he'd just drop, drop the wing and just leave it. And his friend would come pick it up and the weight would stop it from blowing down wind. Um, and that's obviously a, a good friend to, to come pick it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's still, yeah. I said to him, mate, you got to try and deflate it because once you deflate, you, you know, he said, and if he came down, he'd have to prone paddle back up, which that's tricky. It, yeah, man, that's, that's a good friend. You're right, man. I don't, I don't think I have any guys that would pick up my wing for me. <laughs> not any, not any idea either. <laughs> oh, got this. Can you grab it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously, I, I'm really excited to try uh, Matt Costa's boogie foil. I, I want to bring it up again because he just brings, he, he chips in onto a wave, you know, paddling in, and he has his flippers, you know, on his, on like a waist leash kind of thing. And if he yeah. comes down, he just puts those flippers on and he believes it's, I kind of think maybe flippers and hand paddles will make it easier. That's double yeah. the propulsion. That, that's true. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the fact that he can grab a hold of his board and push it up and down mm. is definitely helps. Uh, that 10 six that I had, that I tried that first run on, I chopped it down to six feet. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> then I took it out and knee paddled it into some waves, but it still had the handles on the side. Yeah. That you can grab, you know, whatever you, you use them for carrying or whatever. Mm. But I could grab those handles and pump the board like this after uh -huh. I got some forward motion yeah. and the wave had hit my tail. Then it was just grab the handles and go. Pumping. pumping up i'm pumping up on little tiny bumps that you know the the other prone paddlers uh weren't able to catch yeah but you know they're on smaller boards they're like 45 liters where that thing was six feet long and six inches thick so yeah it gave me more board speed and um but you know i think that being able to grab it the board and pump it up and down helps and for if you're going to do that laying down it makes sense to have a shorter board like he did like yeah that footer because you can you know yeah, i think yeah. it'd be harder to pump a longer six foot board mm, for sure yeah yeah so i'm i'm to, to me the best way to downwind is still in a stand-up but i'm biased because i already know how to stand up <laughs> Yeah. For, same for other people, like Matt, he was saying that he, he thinks it's the hardest thing he's ever done is learn to stand up paddle downwind because personally, I think he was on the wrong board. He's on like a five, six by 28 wide. And I think the length is working against him, the width is working against him, and his lack of paddle skills are all working against him. Um, but I know for myself, you, yeah. Did he have a, a lot of boogie boarding experience? Yes. Yeah. He did. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then that felt natural to him. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. That's that's thinking out of the box, man. I mean, I love it. I love the creativity. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what what other ways we can, you know, potentially get going. And you got the hand paddles. You got the flippers, you got the wing, um, you got the sup, you got just the sat, but the prone uh, chip in with a wave. But um, yeah, at the moment, and obviously the dock starts, 
So like how long is your paddle? When is your paddle? Uh, yeah, my, my it's probably like eyebrow height, but my board, I'm on a 70, 79 liter board, and I'm so it's pretty yeah. small for me. I, I probably should get something a little bit more volume, and yeah. probably a little bit narrower. Um, that's that's the next one in the works, but I'm using a yeah. six by 24, 79 liters, and I'm. I sink it. If, if I don't paddle, I'm slowly sinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, mine's, mine's thick. It's like five inches, maybe a little more. Yeah. And uh, the thickness runs for the length of the board almost. Mm -hmm. It's a little, little bit thinner at the nose, but still, still thick at the nose. 6'2 um, by 21. But I, I, I'm really looking forward to getting one of the, the new... Uh, Kalama boards, the E3 production boards is 23 inches wide. Yeah. And it's six, six one. And it's the one that Tomoko had in the video that we did. And it's just a, you know, it just gives me a little more stability. So, um, for instance, I'm using this board for everything surfing, downwind. Yeah. Uh, I just like to have just one board. Yeah. And winging. Hard but for winging, it's a little bit, a little bit harder for winging to, uh, you know, if it's light wind and you want to stand up and do some pumping to get going, it's way harder for me to stand on that board with, uh, with a wing than it is with a paddle. Yes. I'm trying to use the, the wing to brace. Yeah, and I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Really the same thing. Yeah. So the, the 23 inch wide production board that he has now, I think it'd be a lot easier for me to stand up with a wing and start pumping, pumping and get going. Yeah, because yeah. if there's no and wind in your sail, in in the in the hand sail, it's it's actually the, the wing doesn't provide a lot of stability. Whereas a paddle, for you and I that both paddle, you can you know we know how to brace with the paddle. Whereas with the wing, yeah. I, I've done a similar thing and I've actually using the middle strut. I've actually like paddled out to the wind line, you know, standing up, and I'm using you know the paddle to or the, the, the the middle strut. And the handles to, yeah. to sort of scoop my way. I tried to figure out how to do that too. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I was uh, when I did that run from Kanaha to the harbor, I I went down once, and uh, you know the wind was super light at the entrance to the harbor, so I'm trying to start on the knees, but there's no wind in the sail from my knees, so I just have to try and get on my feet. Yeah. And yeah, it was just uh, that's when a narrow board just doesn't really help me too much but having it 23 and still being able to get lifted on my paddle um with my paddle i think it'll be a better crossover board for you know just if you want one board that does everything yeah i love how you say 23 is your you know your stable board most people like i'm on a 24 and then you know production boards are more like 26 wide um yeah you know, 23, and yeah, it's definitely, there's a good reason it's narrower. And I know that the, like the aviator, the production aviator, um, the Sonova and um, that I've worked on the Sonova, the 510 by 26, I find way harder to get up and going than I do the six, my custom six by 24. But in the yeah. surf, I'd way prefer to use the 510 by 26 because I can catch a wave. So it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I love that there's downwind specific boards getting made and, when we first worked on the idea, there was no way we were going to make a specific downwind board because there just wasn't the interest yet. 
and it's yeah it's growing and i'm trying to i'm trying to nurture it you know getting more people into it so it's yeah yeah that's kind of like the motivation to get this video out there because i've had lots of messages and you know um notes people trying to just figure it out and asking me questions on the board sizes and you know paddle stroke and in general and so um not being able to work with people one-on-one and have something to show them yeah uh you know i've had a couple of clips of myself that i'll text them and send them hey this is this is how i'm doing it and yeah take a look at this but now now at least i have put something together that you know i feel like should be useful uh mm, for sure information a lot of, a lot of yeah. the crew that i'm coaching said yeah go through that jeremy video because we want to see you know how's he doing it you know is it, yeah. is it, is another it, i think we're saying very similar things but when someone says it in a different way it, it you know it gives them a new spin on whatever it is and yeah it was yeah cool. it was and, then, and now i spent enough time trying to teach other people that you know i've I've got a a good idea of what I'm doing, but in the beginning, when someone say, "Hey, can you teach me how to do that?" I I really didn't know how to teach them. Mm. I didn't have the narrative to describe. Yeah. yeah. But you know, once you start just saying, "Let's just go try," and I'll see what I can do, and give you some pointers, and and then it started kind of developing what's really happening, and what's going on, and and try to relay it to whoever I'm teaching but you know what I found the most effective is uh is videoing them I'll, I'll go out with my phone I'll video them on their attempt and then have them paddle over and say here take a look this is this is what this leg is doing this leg and you know your paddle is entering at this time mm -hmm. so let's change it and you know get the technique down yeah uh and and then keep kind of building on the technique yeah definitely. and then you know once you get that down then you put it all together and add the power that you need and the speed yeah. that you need yeah yeah um, uh, i use the exact same i guess uh, format i guess i because i'm teaching online i'm teaching some people in you know minnesota some people in the uk some people in spain hong kong south africa and i'll get people to film get like either just a GoPro, which isn't the best. Ideally, if they get someone to film themselves, but a GoPro is better than nothing, even if they just have it in their mouth or on their head. You can see where their feet are. You can see where their paddle's going in relative to the board. And every Tuesday, we go through all the videos people send in and everyone learns from everyone's videos. So it's like a, like a big group training session. And yeah, that's great. It down and be like, okay, well, your, you know, your catch is no good or your timing's out a little bit. You know, your feet need to be a little bit further back or a little bit further forward. And it like you say like when people can see okay if my foot was there and it needs to be here okay that's an easy fix you know i can make a note and i can change that whereas if you say oh just try moving your feet further back you know right. it's, it, that they think they already have but they may be doing the exact same thing without the video there's no um you know sometimes i'll show a video of someone they're like oh that's not me and i'm like mate it was you you know <laughs> this is what you're doing <laughs> You know, so it's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been the best. I think the most useful thing is that video feedback. And so good, isn't it? You know, cool for you to have a have it happening and interacting on in a 
group type situation, even though it's virtual. Yeah, it would be awesome. To, like uh, the camps are awesome. I did a couple of camps up in Ballina, and it was we literally all went out surfing. Had a you know professional you know videographer got a few different angles, and you go back for lunch and you play the videos, and everyone you know oh you know what'd you do there? And you just like pause it frame by frame. You know your eyes are looking at this point. You should be looking at this point, and you, it, yeah, as you said, video is so powerful. I think it's in terms of coaching. There's no way. I don't feel like I could do it without it. You know, it's right. It's yeah. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you've you've found the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's how I kind of found out how I was doing it was watching my own videos. Like, yeah. What am what I doing? Not doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's <was> this working? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, in um, Tomoko, Jeremy. for instance, she says, uh, you know that picking her foot up and the ankle motion on the back foot. I asked her, what do you think made the difference, you know, when you got lifted? And she, she kind of had thought that that made the biggest difference was getting her heel off the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, if you're using a strap, that's going to be harder to do. Yes. So do you teach it with the strap or? No, I, I, I recommend without the strap, but like Tomo, some people just find they can get more, at least with the front foot, they find that front foot they can lift a bit more. But personally, I, I don't feel that it helps. Um, yeah, that's what he said he was doing. He said he's just lifting up with his front foot, mm, you know, where to me, he, may, he may be getting some drive at the same time. On the way but down, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just re, you know, relying on the drive and compression to launch back up. Yeah. And then flow, drive, compress, launch. Yeah, that actually on that, the ankle thing, I, I kind of think about that as it's like if these are our front foot, back foot, I kind of think about front foot. And then you literally, I guess you talked about it as a scoot, but I kind of explained it a little bit. There's, there's a lot going on in that scoot. It's a yeah. back foot pressure, which forces the nose up. It's unweighting that front foot too. So I think about almost shrugging. And it's also bringing your hips forward to the paddle, which is, that's the scoot. So it's, as you paddle, nose goes down, like you take your stroke, the start of your stroke anyway, and that, and then it starts to lift as you follow through, yeah. as you're following through. And just before you take your paddle out of the water, I think about um, shifting my hips towards the paddle, which is the scoot, pressing yeah. down on the back foot, like the ball of the foot. So your ankle is coming up which is again it's the unweighting and then it's the and then it's the unweighting so it's um hips unweight and back foot pressure all at the same time it's a really complex motion which i think is why it's hard to teach yeah and you even like you said with the shrug you know you're 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 trying to lift you know yeah. it's just like yeah i'm trying to get that float yeah and, and then you know uh, just being light on your feet as you float from this part to here, I'm, I'm already squatting. As the board's going down, I'm squatting into the lower stance mm. so I can spring up again. Spring up, yeah, because if, 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 if you don't bend your knees and you've just unweighted, you're kind of standing up, your legs, I think looking at my video, my legs almost go straight in that um, scoot section where I'm pulling the paddle out. And then as I lean forward again, I'm crouching and, and actually that's one thing the bounce is so important isn't it 
Like if you yeah. compress and then unweight and then compress and then unweight, it's the foil starts to do its thing, starts to pump and with enough speed, the lift will, will occur with the right technique. Yeah. 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 So, you know, even if you go out and you practice just that part. Yeah. Without trying to get lifted, then, you know, eventually you'll get the technique of making the board do this at the time, you know, timing it with the paddle stroke. Mm. Um, and then you, you know, get, get that tech technique dialed in. It's, it's going to come shortly after, you know, with yeah. more power and a higher cadence. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, very cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all, all those insights. Um, I know you're getting, you have to go soon. So I just want to finish up um, and try to get, I usually finish with three tips. So I want to get three tips for those. Maybe we may as well do it on the, the flat water or, or, or bumpy water paddle, paddle up because it's, um, or anything, any tips you want to give for those looking to learn to downwind foil, whether it be sup, wing, prone, boogie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I'm going to say, well, like I mentioned earlier with, if there's a wave to catch waiting for that wave to hit the tailwind to pop up, you know, just tips on popping up, um, wait for the wave to wait for the last minute to start paddling for the wave and just try to get your pump motion to get yourself up within like two strokes mm -hmm. and you're on the wave. Um, and be surprised because it's easier than you think if you give it enough tries. And, you know, I guess an, another tip was just be uh, to actually get out there and practice this yeah. stuff. It's, it's really hard. Um, and, you know, if you put in the time and you get the technique down, then you're eventually going to get this stuff figured out. I don't think it's something that's unachievable for a lot of people. I, um, I know people kind of say to me, uh, well, you, of course you can do it. Well, I actually put in a lot of practice and a lot of time learning to do it. Um, well, if it's hard for you, it's not going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think so, you know, now that, more and more people are starting to learn that they can do this and they can pop up and use a paddle to do it. Um, and you know, if you put in some time and you try it, I think you're going to get it. Mm. Uh, That's a really good one. I think because you can like, you know, as a coach giving people tips and trying to help them only helps so much. If they don't put the time in and practice it and use your tips, use your advice. Yeah. It's not like there's a magic answer. Oh, you just got to, you know, just lean forward a bit more and you're going to get the lift. It's not, it's not, you've got to practice it and, you know, yeah. use video, you know, use coaching services like yourself and I like to, to help if you are still having trouble. But the number one thing is time. If you don't put yeah. the time in, you're never going to learn it. Like, like you said, like yeah. I didn't, both you and I, like, I've put so much time into downwind foiling and people say, like, oh, you know, that D flat so easy. You know, you're the only one that could ever do that. But they don't know that I've put in, you know, probably, probably like 500 hours, you know, downwinding, like on a foil and yeah. probably more on a stand-up, you know, so it's, there's a, it's not that I've just talented, I didn't just learn to do it. It was, I've put so much time into wanting to learn to do it, 
but I'm now at a point that um, I do make it look easy, I guess, the same as you. Yeah, yeah, you definitely are. I mean, I love your videos. Everything you're posting is just, uh, man, you're super talented. So <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yeah. And there's no doubt about that, man. I mean, going, I know when you first came out here that I had a couple runs that I was faster than you, but it didn't take you long at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> end up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To make that move and, you know, leave me behind for quite a while, for a couple of years there. No, I think it was uh, just, I learned from the, the sensei, don't muscle it, just feel it. And like, I think that's, I think I was on the Malika Rishala one day, I think it was either you or Dave or someone. And, and they said, just try to go slower this time. Like, don't just try to feel it out, like use less effort. And that yeah. was the, like straight away, I, it was my third Malika run of the day on my standup unlimited my first year over there. And I think it was a little bit windy, but I went, I used like half the energy and went like two minutes quicker. And I was like, oh, whoa, just done a PB and I wasn't even tired, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's... Uh, that's how that's how the bulb came up for me, was um, basically through injury. Yeah. I, I was nursing an injury and I, I really wanted to go paddle. I couldn't muscle it like I had been doing previously. Yeah. So I just didn't paddle that hard and I tried to focus on the bumps more and I, wow, I'm going faster. I'm not even paddling that hard. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, that was on stand up. So um, with the foil, it's, it's a lot, you know, there's, you've got to have patience. Just like with anything else, um, if you're, if you go out there and you have high expectations of, of popping up and foiling a long distance right away, then maybe you should think about, you know, just toning that back a bit and just say, hey, I'm just gonna be, you know, waiting for the right opportunity to pop up. Yes, that's a really good you know, Because if you, if you just go out and you try popping up, you spend 20 strokes at full sprint, now you're up and you still got to pump yeah. until you find the groove. So if you can just wait till the easiest waves come along for you to get up on, then once you're up, you still have a little bit left in the tank to get yourself into the groove of just gliding on bumps. Yeah. But, but you know, as first few attempts when you're spinning 20 strokes to get up and, and then you got to pump and stroke when you really want to rest and glide. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah just, you know what, you know, you said like the, you know, when you're injured, it, it allowed you to slow down and sort of understand more of what was going on and paddle less. I, I think that to get up and going on a stand up paddle foil downwinding, you need a bit of power and, and, and timing. That patience is so key. But once you are up and you've, you know, settled into your groove, there is, I believe, still that element of, you know, let, let, it, let it run a bit more. Don't, don't, you don't have to pump, you don't have to paddle, see how slow you can go or how little effort you can use while still foiling. And yeah, it's not as yeah, it's not exactly the same as stand up that you, you know, sometimes paddling. But if you pump the whole way down the run, you're going to be so tired and you're probably going to go slower than someone else who's linking and gliding on the swells um, and using less energy. Yeah, you know, I think one good thing you can practice is uh, if you're riding waves on a stand-up, 
on, on what you would use for downwind. Say you're on your downwind board practicing and you've got, you've got a wave and you peel off of that wave and you pump a little bit. Now, if you let that board come down to the surface and skim and then paddle back up mm. and pop it back off the water, that's really good practice. That's a great one. A, I like that. Do a few of those, you know, just let it come down, skim, then pop right back up because that's going to happen out on the run. Yeah. You know, you're going to come down. But you'd be surprised that if you have some gas in the tank, you can pop it right back up. Yes. Seriously. If your timing is on. So, you know, just don't spend yourself pumping, pumping, pumping. Just pull off of a wave, glide, 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 let it come to the surface, and then pop it back off and pump away. Yeah. Yeah, that might, that might help a lot. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's a really good tip, Jeremy, because I think what a lot of people struggle with is, is the speed to be able to get it back up off. So what you're saying, you, you're just touching down, so you've pretty much already got your speed. The board's in the water, so you, it is like you're paddling up and it's teaching your technique, but with speed. So you're, yeah, yeah I like that one. I'm going to have to borrow that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware you, you've got to get running soon. So um, uh, thanks for your time so much, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been yeah, good to catch up too. To I haven't seen you for ages and um, we'll have to try to do it again soon. Yeah, I know. It sure was fun, man, when I was visiting you guys and we got to be roommates for a few days. And... Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. There's a room for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys for that trip. You taxied me all over the place, showed me some awesome runs. I mean, I had an amazing time. I think about going back with the family a lot. So yeah, hopefully one day, you know, uh, I know you guys are still closed down, right, for traveling. At the moment, yeah. Um, yeah. They're trying to open it up, but it's it's baby steps, I think. See yeah. how we go. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming on, Jeremy. Thanks so much for your time. And, and I know a lot of people uh, are going to enjoy this one. So, cheers. All right. Cheers.